0: A few hours ago, a federal lawsuit filed by a former minor league assistant and his wife accused the Pittsburgh Penguins of retaining a coach who sexually assaulted and harassed her and then retaliating against him for reporting the incident. On Wednesday, we saw Joel Quenville behind the bench for the Florida Panthers against the Boston Bruins. On Friday, disgraced, gone, out. This week can't end fast enough for me.
1: No kidding. A lot of people.
0: Justin Bourne. Sam McKee producing. We got Derek Randeo on tech. And JB, can we just get through the week?
1: Yeah, I imagine there's a lot of people who'd like this week to go away. It's probably good that it's going slowly. A little extra attention here.
0: We said earlier in the week, I said I was shocked to see Joel Quenville behind the bench. Yes. I'm like, just don't play judge and jury. Just pull him off. I don't care who does it.
1: Yeah.
0: Gary Bettman, the Florida Panthers, their ownership group, just don't go there. So I'm going to ask you, simply, how does that happen? How do you go from allowing him behind the bench on Wednesday to asking him to leave on Friday for good. The only
1: theory I have on why he would have been behind the bench that game is would it be looked at as an admission of guilt before he talked to Bettman? You know, if he he stepped aside, would that look like, okay, I admit there's been some wrongdoing here and they were still trying to deny that there was so that's the only thing I could see, but it made no sense. It wouldn't have been an admission of guilt. It would have been letting a process play itself out. It was ridiculous and, uh, you know, I guess not the bit, most egregious part of all this, but just another thing in a long line of things that have been not great from
0: uh, the Blackhawks in Quenville. Following up was the news of Kevin Cheveldayoff, who had met with Gary Bettman. Originally, they were talking about Monday. I'm glad that it, they, they sped it up. And as quickly as we see Joe Quenville leave, we see Kevin off. pretty much get clearance mm-hmm. that he was seen as no wrongdoing. The only one, JB, in that meeting that took place on May 23rd in Chicago. He's the only one. That keeps his job.
1: Yeah. So fundamentally, this comes down to the question, do you believe there's a difference in responsibility among the people in that room? And my answer to that is yes. But that isn't to say that I don't still think that his responsibility rose to the level where he, there should be repercussions for him.
0: Uh, where are you on that? <sighs> Yeah, I'm. I, 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 I can't read the tea leaves. I know that mm-hmm. because I would have just have assumed at this point, with the news that Quenville was out, that at some degree everybody knew something, and just chose not to reveal it or or show the sense of urgency on it, and I was really under the impression. That everybody was going to get painted by the same brush, and I mm-hmm. thought Kevin as well. And clearly, that's that's not the case. That Kevin was seen as the the low guy on the totem pole, and that he was he had the least power, the least uh, status, right? To change a anything. lot of people would
1: argue he still had enough, though right that's the i think that's the source the, the crux of a lot of the debate
0: so sam do you think now because kevin cheveldayoff is the only survivor of that meeting that he will carry that with him
2: i think it's pretty impossible not to don't you
1: yeah you know well,
2: we killed jonathan taves yesterday yeah. and how is cheveldayoff any different in that's, terms of knowing stuff that's the exact question i'm trying to figure out is you know what the hell did Chevy say in that meeting, Chevaldeo say in that meeting, that makes him, you know, was he like, I literally do like, what could he have possibly said if he's in the room for that meeting that lost all these other guys, their jobs, that they're just all going, Taze is getting killed, everybody getting killed for saying they didn't know stuff. I just, I, it's hard to comment on it because you don't know what was said. Well, that's but for, right, But yeah. from an outsider perspective it's really hard to understand how he still has a job, I think. He, and I think most people feel that way. Like, listen, I'm not trying to look one way or the other, but if you're asking me for my opinion, I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm
0: incredibly surprised that he survived this. Kevin Sheveldayoff, according to Gary Batman, was not a member of the Blackhawks' senior leadership team in 2010. So he is deemed, I guess, the only junior... So his argument
2: would have been that, you know, I there were so many other levels of people that failed, then I kind of fall under the people that didn't fail. Well, that was of, the
1: NHL's PR release, yeah. is that his boss was there in Bowman, his boss's boss in McDonough, and the head coach in Quenville. And it's like, you know, how much did the the PR release also says that, you know, he found out about it for the first time and we're we're not sure how much he found out in that at that meeting, and then wasn't privy to any future information. So, you know, maybe he's excused from having to do something. But, you know, this guy saw them, you know, Aldrich at the Stanley Cup celebrations. He saw him at the parties. He saw this guy like, hey, no one has done anything about this yet. It's not like they were like, yeah, uh, Sheffield Dayoff went in late June or early, sorry, or in, or in July and followed up on this. You know, he, he just let it go there at that one meeting when clearly he was aware of what was going on some point you would have liked to have heard that he you know followed up on it and
0: that i think he'll carry you know the rest of his life right and and how could you not see kevin Chevel off right now and and think that people are gonna go hey hey he, he he's the only one that got to keep his job mm-hmm. that I, I don't know and and in temperatures of 2021 now, is, is that good enough for everybody? Well,
1: there may be a moment here where they have to make a decision for the franchise and just say, we don't want that hanging over the Winnipeg Jets. You know, we don't agree with the NHL's assessment. And when we just think it's, it's a bad look. And we want our leader to be someone who speaks up regardless of position in a meeting. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. I, I do feel under-informed when it comes to what people knew when. And I don't think that the investigation shines a whole ton of light on that. It
0: doesn't. And I am surprised that Joel Quenville didn't put up a bigger fight. I, I really am. And it was as if he stood by what he said on Wednesday. And then what he said to Gary, no, I knew more and... That's it. I, 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 I wasn't as forthcoming as I should have been. I didn't tell the truth. And if that's the case, good.
1: It doesn't good. help that they lied the first time and said they didn't find out till the summer. They didn't know. That's that's a bad look, right? And clearly, they felt like they were had something to hide here.
0: But it worked for Kevin dayoff, But it doesn't work for Joel Quenville. And Joel is of I think course the difference he's a coach. Is he supposed to know. He's a coach, and the the, the video coach is under his right
1: mm-hmm. under his purview. Is exactly. It's yep. under his
0: umbrella it's his staff absolutely there is a difference there i i won't Mm -hmm. i won't deny that but we're still in this gray area of of really who knew what and and when
1: it is funny you know you you were mentioning before the show that like where's the cutoff of you are supposed to do something about something that you heard, like, apparently it's right below Quenville and yeah. above Sheveldayoff. It happens to be right in that well, I,
0: t- nook. Tell me something. As a coach, are you, like, you know, it's it's clear that Gary Bettman, you, you know, went out of his way to describe him as not a member of senior management. Is a coach senior management?
1: I guess it's senior in some capacity, uh, yeah.
0: An assistant general manager would not be... And where does a player development guy fit in? Is that senior management? I I don't know. I don't know. But you know how I feel about this still being the only investigated report out there. And it belongs and paid for by the Chicago Blackhawks. And it's still, for me, not clear or broad enough for me. And it just seems to me it's it's just cherry-picked a little bit.
1: Well, and now dominoes are falling beyond the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, Kyle Beach had made some comments about, um, you know, the NH- NHLPA and their leadership. Mike McKenna followed up on Twitter today and said that, you know, back when he was involved in the NHL, and it, you know, until very recently, he said, if you wanted help from the NHLPA, it was tough to find. Now Donald Fear is under
0: some measure of scrutiny, isn't he? 100 percent uh article also by frank cervelli headlined nhlpa executive director donald fear under fire and certainly if i'm a a player in the national hockey league right now i'd think twice about going to this program Mm
3: -hmm.
0: How, how would you right now if you were if you were a current player right now and you were debating whether or not you needed this or made a phone call. How how do you go to them now? You know what's really hard is like where
1: everyone wants to pass the buck somewhere else. And like even hearing Dr. Shaw's name the other day, like I know this guy has been involved with a lot of people and done tremendous good. Like even hearing his name as someone who should have done something or like, I just feel like it's getting away from – what we know was supposed to happen, what actually happened. It's just so hard. And again, the one investigation makes it hard, but everyone in fear included seems to be interested in just kind of deflecting and passing the buck to someone else.
0: And JB, that's where I have the biggest problem here is if we're really going to get to the root of this, we need everybody who is tied to this in any way, shape or form investigated in and, and, there needs to be some hard questions and harder answers to all of this. If we're really going to claim to be transparent, mm-hmm. then we cannot cherry pick off of just one report. Yeah. So where is the investigation when it comes to what happened here between Kyle and the NHLPA? What really happened here? All we know is somebody reached out to the PA on behalf of Kyle Mm -hmm. and I don't know was it an agent? Was it uh, a parent? Was it a brother? A sister? But we we don't know the name of that person and we don't know what that person knew and if by chance whoever reached out to the NHL Players Association, if they were privileged to that information, well, I don't care Like what era you were in, 1980, 2000, 2010, 2020, if you were privileged to that information and you're sharing it to the PA on behalf of Kyle. I don't know. Maybe my 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 next call after talking to the NHL PA might have been nine, nine nine one one. Mm-hmm. Like, are they aware? Were they aware of what truly happened? And at that point, how is it? no sense of urgency still so whoever was whoever made that call on behalf of kyle maybe we want to talk to him ask him questions what he knew what he didn't know and and then then there's the the association with the program with kyle and again we do know that this is a program where there is confidentiality okay we we know that and i'm no lawyer and I'm no doctor either, and I haven't got a clue where that cutoff line is between confidentiality and what I am legally, right, morally. When something goes too far, and they
1: say, "I did see somewhere along the report, line." report, yeah, that like it reached right? a level we should have
0: got, done okay. more with this, you know. And I get it at the PA. There, there's alcohol abuse, and then there's uh, uh, drug abuse. But there is, a, there is a line between self-inflicted abuse and, and criminal abuse. Mm-hmm. And if there was, we need to investigate and ha- ask some hard questions to these people on, on what you knew and what you didn't know. And right. this so what is, happened this is, once this is, went is, to the PA is, this is, is, the, is your
1: question. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 100%. And, but, but, but that's not in the report.
1: It's interesting that Fair was quick to apologize, put out a statement, an apology, and I think uh, he's reached out to Kyle Beach to to talk to him. but you're right, like the the heat is rising around him and what should have happened there. There's actually an article today in the Toronto Star, I think It was Dave Festchuk, who mentioned that the uh the idea it should concern players that something went to the p a and kind of died. That was obviously a major issue is the NHL. Working with the PA, uh, you know, I don't know about actu- accusations like that, but certainly there's answers here that need
0: to, to come. So we, we await those, I guess. And so, so in 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 the release mm-hmm. by by Donald Fear through the NHLPA, he says that uh, in the media interview, Mister Beach stated that several months after the incident, he told someone at the NHLPA the details of what happened to him.
1: He to- yeah, he told someone. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, all, all so the w- details. Where did that the, go? The, yeah. The, the criminal details. Right. So, while we're easy to say, hey, Joel, you're out of this league because, because you kept it to yourself or you didn't report this. I don't know. I, I want to know if more people knew this and didn't report it right there's there's more here
1: and you it would be interesting to know how it was framed to the people who knew in that meeting in, to the nhlpa like did they have the the details we have because if they did my lord things should have been done a million times differently
0: and there, there there are other people Somewhere that failed to act.
1: Well, there's 37 people, I think, who uh, declined to respond to interviews from the investigation yeah. entirely. So,
0: and we'll I, start there. And, like, the other, the other point that I want to make, too, is that this, this, uh, this behavioral and, uh, program at the, at the PA, it, it's joint... With the league, yeah. With the league, yeah. So again, I, there, there's there's two co-founders here. There's two doctors. One, right, Doctor Shaw, and then there's a Doctor Lewis, I believe, that represents the NHL.
1: We could use a clear division in a lot of these things here. I, I, I don't know who knew what. Yeah, you know, right now, what I want to what, want to come of this is some. Action! Like, what is the plan going forward? I saw that Bettman put out a memo that you know anything unlawful should be reported to Bettman and Daly, and it's like, well, no, no, that's not the solution here at all. To go right to the league, you know, particularly when they're the people who are going to decide if these men can come back and work in the league after. So, I want to see some structure where there's other places for these people to go. A clear divide between the league and where where you go, and some punishments and fines and whatever it's going to be for organizations that don't report properly. How are things going to be more transparent? What comes next? What are we going to do next to protect the next people? Because um, it's going to come up again.
0: I would assume that uh, this, the, these questions that we're asking, eventually someone, someone else is going to ask them. Sure. And to the point where, it, is it in the lawsuit does it come out through uh, discovery on a civil suit? I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. But they are trying to settle. Why wouldn't you uh, if you're Chicago Blackhawks?
1: I mean, but Beach just put out last night in a statement that they're trying to destroy his case in court. I don't know if that's posturing for a settlement case. Or... Would you want to go
0: to court right now if oh, you're they Chicago? should
1: not. I mean,
0: so I would like to see how, it happen. Uh, you think we'll see a settlement here?
1: Yeah. I do. Uh, didn't Rocky Wirtz say in his, like, speech to the camera the other day that they, they were working on something to that effect? I think, I think everyone involved, Blackhawks-wise, wants this to go away.
0: And that essentially will protect a lot of people, and then we lose less transparency in the process.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. No one finds out anything more than they know right now. Which is how many people would like it to stay.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure that's a good thing. No,
1: Sammy, what do you think?
0: It's a
2: absolute mess, fellas. It's just, it's. I feel awful for Kyle Beach and having to go through this again now, where it's, you know, it's not even close to over, right? It's just gonna keep getting brought up, all the details of this stuff, and it's just gonna be over and over, and it's just wow, not I th- gonna I stop.
1: Today, seeing that Sammy that like Batman wants to talk to him, F- Fear wants to talk yeah. to him. It's like God, can he- I know? Like, like he's, you just gotta keep talking about it, right. yeah.
2: So, right. I, I just, it's just, you get the feeling that this is just the beginning, which is tough to, you know, if you're involved with the Chicago Blackhawks, it's a long time coming. Like this happened in 2010, yeah. It's Twelve years of hiding, and now it's just, you, you know, what you hide, you reap what you sow here, and it's, it's gonna be ugly for them for a long time.
1: The more we talk about this, the more I can't imagine Kevin Chevelday off just like back to normal, like heading yeah, into work like, and being like, it's
2: crazy, you know. Different. I got to call up to you know make a waiver claim here. Like, how yeah. is he? Like, right. I don't know. It's just crazy There's that he's bigger
1: stuff going on.
0: Should we turn the page to Leafs here? Yeah. Or we got more. No, let us do that. Let's do that because uh, it's not often that you have a sixty million dollar contract signed <laughs> by Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> right, and it doesn't get it's the it's first perfect, twenty minutes it's perfect of a, Morgan of, Riley, of, though. Of a all, he, all hockey show. He
1: doesn't exist, Morgan Riley. Right,
0: all or nothing. Okay, one quote everybody who is surprised at 60 million over eight years put up your hand i can't get mine up fast enough
1: you're surprised by it
0: i am surprised by it in that it's eight higher lows no i'm actually okay with the 7.5 oh, the, the years i just i just don't like the eight years that's all but I feel like
1: Dubas isn't full of like, uh, if this doesn't work, I'm not gonna be here in eight years anyway. So let's go for it.
0: Oh no, a hundred percent. You are one hundred percent That's either right gonna on. help me
1: or be someone else's you, problem. You
0: you think I care about yeah. year five, six, seven, and eight? Yeah. I need to win now. Yeah. So uh is it
1: as simple as do you like the contract or do you dislike the contract?
0: I think Kyle Dubas, Brendan Shanahan, and 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 Sheldon, to a lesser degree, sat around the table and said, "If we lose him, can we replace him for seven point five million dollars?
1: Where, where do you get a guy like that?" Not and the st-
0: answer is no. Yeah. So is he, is he perfect? Is he uh, a legit eight or nine guy? No, but is he right underneath there? Yes. And I I think it was a good number. I don't like the term, mm-hmm. but to your point, who cares? Yeah. Do you think there's a part of them that saw Zach Hyman go
1: to Edmonton, and realized how much they missed a guy like that, like they just let him walk and they're like, "God, we could have dealt with the back end of that contract. Like that it would be better off well, to have a bad contract than lose a good
0: player?" No, I don't think it comes into play. Well, in the big picture, yes, uh, you, you you can frame it that way. But even if they had the money, they cannot put it into another forward. <laughs> no, that's a good point. They a really, can't. Really
1: good point. Even if they, can't it's not even a choice.
0: Him, yeah. It's not even a choice. Like you have this chunk of money, and it would be asinine to put it into Zach Hyman as your fifth instead of Morgan Riley. There's just we. They're already imbalanced. Yeah. So you have to go and put it on the back end. And Morgan made sense. Yeah. Let me tell you the graphs at the end of his career, the projected value, they
1: go down. But, you know, okay. That's to be expected. The cap goes up as well. The uh, It goes from a no move to a, uh, a no trade veto. You know, he they can trade him the last couple of years. I think it's a good contract. I, I don't like term either, but I don't see any way around giving him eight years. He's going to get seven on the open market if he goes there. So you have to offer him something other people can't. There's, he's never going to play for 7 million.
0: Sammy, give me give me the uh, the temperature in Leaf land, Leaf nation. Are they ecstatic a, a right now that Morgan Riley's here for many, many years? A, a lot of the people that I talk to about the Leafs, you know, I, it's hard to have a hot
2: take on it, in my opinion. Really? It's a
1: pretty okay deal. It's...
2: Yeah. Okay. It's just like you were saying, he's far from perfect, but I kind of feel like it's a necessary evil here. Like, all these guys are getting signed for big contracts. You know, like, Jones, Warinski, um, Darnell Nurse out in Edmonton. Like, they got the huge deals. Uh, Riley, I mean, say what you will about Seth Jones, but Riley's a little step below that, I guess. I don't know. He's better than Seth Jones, and he's making $2 million less. But the back end's not going to be pretty, like you guys said. But, like, I just don't think everyone's okay with it. It's just okay with it. It's a, it's not unha- every
1: deal has to be terrible or no. awesome. No, right?
2: I think it's just right in the middle. Maybe maybe two years too long, but I think they had to do that to get it done. And it's the first six years, it has the no-move clause. So um, maybe after that, when all the money's paid and somebody's looking to get to the floor, they can get rid of it or whatever. But, like, they can't replace them internally. Yeah, not, so.
0: It's not even close. It's not even close in terms of uh, the market replacing him, overpaying at free agency. It's, and, uh, you know, the other thing going right now is there there's some $9 million guys, and you just mentioned that Seth Jones, that you're not even sure. Yeah. Warinsky was never in the equation no. as a legitimate kind of Norris. This guys messed up the market. W- one of the top. Defenseman in the NHL? Warinsky? really? It's almost like the Marner deal where people try to use
1: uh, Jones and Wurenski as comparables, and it's like, now nah, you can't. They're too far gone. They're just too much for the player you're getting. We're not even going to acknowledge that contract. Uh, you're right. The Wurenski Wier- one is wild. You know what this highlights to me, though, Kipper, is like, man, they got no one in the Marlies, hey? Like, just thinking about who's going to replace, who's going to come up and fill in, it's like, Think of, think of a D, it's like, is Christian Rubens a guy? Like, I, they just got nothing coming.
2: Topi Nimala playing in uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Finland. Okay, that's yeah. a good one. And, that, but I mean,
0: like he's two years away from and, being two years away. Yeah. And have you seen the draft choice covert lately? Is she 10? Oh. <laughs> Look at what he gave up last year at the trade deadline. A first, a third. This is just off the top of my head. A fourth. A seventh? I like, can't. What is, I liked it at the time.
1: What is left? That, that, that was the year to go all in. That's what was, everyone said, right?
0: And he may, he may have to do something at the trade deadline again. Here is my biggest concern with signing Morgan Riley, and I would feel a lot better right now. And after eight games, they were like six and two. <laughs> yeah. But with Morgan Riley in... Still bad. I'm still well, I'm still bad. not sure where they are in the big picture contending teams. Yeah.
1: Like, how about how about Riley Signs and they're like, happy uh, signing day? Here's your partner, Travis Dermott.
0: <laughs> you know like, like nah. it, it's so they're at the point right now, and I've been around hockey a long time. Yeah. I look at this team and I still don't know what they truly are and we can look at tampa bay and colorado and even vegas and look at their struggles and i feel better about them turning this around than i do the toronto maple leafs there's still a part of me that says even with morgan riley they just might be a team fighting for a playoff spot
1: i'm holding out hope i have this part of me that believes that like they overturned that forward group significantly. Four guys, you know, Bunting, Richie, were are supposed to be top four or top six guys. Um, you know, Kasha, Comp. like there, there's a lo- a big portion of that forward group is brand new. And I felt like you know, I mentioned this in an article I wrote today, but like there's a lack of trust. And we talked about them feeling slow. And I think it's a trust thing. There's a waiting to react. I feel like once this team plays together a little bit more, there's a chance they can get in a groove. You know, get confident, learn to trust each other. I feel like there's a better team in there waiting. Um, That could be overly hopeful of me. The other hopeful thing is that like Muzzin can be better. So Justin Hall gets to be better because right now that's a major issue too.
0: So Riley's contract doesn't kick in till next season on his 7.5. We believe that there might be a wiggle space of about four or five million dollars.
1: Seven guys to sign and five mil for next year yet.
0: we assume that uh you can not resign uh McCave
1: yeah well right you get him problem. off the books here's the problem he only makes one point one six one six so if yeah. he has a, he doesn't play this year if he's only okay no one's going to give much more than one or one two you'd love McCabe at that number you're still looking for value so I don't know. You know, unless this guy comes back and pours in fifteen, which is you know not
0: get, impossible. You're, you're gonna you're gonna find ways to to sneak that in. Kerfoot, you can get rid of Kerfoot's three and a half. Yeah,
1: he's at some point he's not a part of the solution just based on salary cap, not because he's not a good player.
0: But you made an excellent point right now that you're you're now bringing him back to a blue line that we're not really sure of still. Yeah. And. Justin Hall will be a healthy scratch. Eight games in tomorrow night against Detroit. I like the move. I really like the move because there are going to be guys around that room going, oh my God, we just, we just cost him a start and I may be next if I don't get my head out of my ass.
1: Well, there's accountability, which kind of has been lacking. You know, it wouldn't have killed me to see Marner at some point get a little bit less during his poor play. You know, this is a guy. Hall has a guy. Here is a guy who's playing poor. He's easy to make an example of. So I'm, I'm glad they are, but wouldn't kill them to do it once in a while with some of the big boys when they're not getting play from them too. Can I read what uh, Keith said about uh, Justin Hall? Oh, we have, we have the clip. Oh well, don't let him say it. Yeah. Then.
2: We, we just haven't played well enough as a, as a unit uh, defensively. That's as a team that, that includes the forwards uh, and their contributions as well, but just the the D pairs and the the D core has not played well enough. Uh, and it's not just Justin Hall, but Justin Hall has not played near near his level that we've come to expect, and he's earned uh, he's earned a greater degree of expectations and responsibility here through his play and the way he's he's performed for us, but hasn't been to that level here to start with. And he's not the only one, you know, but he's not going to play tomorrow. And, and that in itself changes the chemistry of the group. But uh, we wanted to move them, some things around and, and uh, just see how that looks tomorrow.
0: Good. Yep. Ac- accountability. Yes.
1: Do you think Matthews putting him on blast had something to do with this? Like, everyone knows Justin Hall had a couple of noticeably bad plays.
0: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, I, I would Matthews just. Is LeBron now, he, he sets oh, the yeah. lineups. Yeah. I, I would. Uh, I would just call it the cherry on top.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just that 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 drove home the point of what needed to well, happen. Again, I, it's so easy to do this to Justin Hall, by the way. And
2: listen, fellas, I don't think there's any coincidence here when it comes to Justin Hall's play this year. The second that his stalwart defenseman, who's been one of the better defensemen on the lease for the past few years, he takes even a step back. Like, I mean, he has been bad this year, but, you know, now Hall's unplayable? Yeah. Like, what is that a coincidence? I,
0: I, I don't know. No, 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 no. We've said this a lot, that Hall's that at his best when Muzzin's at his best.
1: Well, whoever plays with Muzzin has been loving life. Hall's had great luck being his partner for years. Even Drew Doughty
2: back in the, yeah. the Kings. Love oh, yeah. life.
1: How about a, a hidden thing here that I think is a big deal, that everyone knows they protected Justin Hall over you know, the, the Kerfoot McCann situation that put a big target on his back that now you have to perform. We chose you over a good hockey player. I think that, you know, brighten the spotlight on Hall a little bit this year. Uh,
0: yeah. But the, it's not like, like he's already signed. He's signed already. I think he's got next year a $2 million as yeah, well. They kept so him
1: his So th-
0: th- there's, I don't see him playing because all of a sudden he's nervous now or there's no. too much pressure on him.
1: I think there's pressure on guys like Dubis and Keefe who said we want him over Jared McKay. That
0: I agree and with. And so
1: when he's letting them down, they're quicker to go, okay, buddy, you know, like you're making us look bad out here, take a knee right in the spotlight on him. But and yeah.
0: now you're going to leave Sandin and Lilligren? Like I I had said a week ago the Lilligren Experiment is over.
1: He was basically unusable. It is a shame, you know, that he hasn't had a better start because it does feel awkward putting him in in Hall's place. You're you're dressing intentionally a lesser lineup. Like they are a better team if Lilligren is out and Hall's in. So this is the accountability thing that you hope that it heightens the attention to detail for other players, knowing that they could be out too, even if there's lesser players waiting in the wings.
0: They're not gonna that, that that third pairing's not gonna make you nervous, Sammy. Saturday night, big time. I'm already <laughs> nervous about it.
1: Sandine <laughs> Lilligren gonna go over I mean, the boards. You don't even the,
0: mince words,
2: eh? Larkin. Well, here's, big time. here's the thing. I, you know they are gonna shelter the hell out of those guys, and you know like they're gonna be going up against the third and fourth line probably of the Detroit Red Wings, who aren't supposed to be a good team. They've had a, a decent start here, so I think it's a good spot to do this. Coming home after getting a you know just a heroic victory over the Chicago Blackhawks on Wednesday night coming home here shaking up the lineup just maybe adding a little accountability i think it's a good spot for this don't you guys morizick's going to go too so he's going to start on on saturday night so it's going to be a different look a uh, pretty speedy
0: recovery for him yeah with with the pulled groin sometimes does that, that does thing that make it, you nervous listen he's if he's ready he's ready yeah there's smarter people out there that uh Tell me that he's good to go. Then they're not going to put him in a position to fail. They want him to <laughs> no, put him in a position do that, that. Yep. succeeds. Yeah, yeah, I guess the uh... they they really need him to have to be the first star Saturday night. I, I really think that, that he would go a long if way. that would go a long way. And it's funny because I've been on teams when you're. Complete uh, disposition changes when you know there's a guy back there. And Jack Campbell, for the most part, has really done that. If Mirazi can come in there and just do that just a little bit, I think they can start relaxing a little bit more and and not feeling the weight of the world. And I'm not suggesting that means that you're still going to go out there and exchange chances because that's the part of the game that I haven't liked from day one. They still play like a team that wants to win the game on their last chance, mm-hmm. and they're not, as you had pointed out, they're not outchancing people anymore. The the their opposition now is outchancing them on the rush, yeah. And how can that how can that be? Because hey, now you're in the league three, four, five years. Teams know your tendencies better. Mm-hmm. They've watched the way that you've wanted to to play us. The gap now is shorter in the neutral zone. Mitch Marner cannot gain the blue line like he did in the past. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Yeah, that, keep, that well, Keith talked about the way teams are defending them
1: strategically. He said that, you know, he's giving other teams credit. They're right over top of their guys. Uh, you know. But still, you're making all that money and you're a proven score. It is incumbent on you to figure it out at some point. You always go back to the money. I know. I shouldn't even mention the money. But the point is you're the guy. You're the guy and you're supposed to be good. Go be good. The, um, speaking of money and being good, we have a clip from uh, Dubis on their start so far. Uh, why don't we play that? His thoughts in the wake of the Riley deal on, on, on the Leaf state.
2: I think everyone's tired of hearing from us about um, what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. I think it's, it's about going out. Uh, tomorrow night and all through this homestand and, and getting back to work. I mean, the team has shown what they're capable of. Uh, going back to last season, the regular season, beginning of this year, even the, the Monday night game against the Rangers, what we're capable of. It's, I think, just continuing also to stick with it. I think we have to go through this and we have to endure it. We've generally always started well here. This isn't the start that we envision having. My hope is that we're able to use this to uh, go through and endure some
0: difficulty and some question marks and some criticism and, and learn how to deal with that well and and help uh, propel us forward. See, I'm, I'm really happy that I didn't hear two words out of Kyle Dubas process. Yeah. And learning. Yeah. (laughs) Learning. I was out on those two words are banned (laughs) the rest of the year out of the Toronto Maple Leaf dressing room and management. I, and we should have a siren we play when they say it.
2: I also think Dubas might might listen to the show because, you know, talking about how to start maybe is a good thing for them, having a bad start, how maybe this is a good well,
0: thing. Well, certainly them that no
1: one wants to hear about it, you know, the the process and learning. You got yeah. that part dialed
0: right in. Yeah. But so we got they got Detroit and then Vegas, Tampa Bay, and Boston. Sorry. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I would assume we could see, well, depending on Mrazic tonight, we, we'll, see, we'll see him get one start next week.
1: Yeah, well, the plan was to split it, right? Like, I don't think there was a, you know, Campbell is supposed to kind of barely be the 1A, but I imagine if he's back in the mix, he's back in the mix. How many more starts for Hutchinson in the rest of the year? That, that's going to, he could make or break the season. So here's to hope these guys uh, stay healthy and play. Anything else? We're going to throw to break. A couple of
0: good guests coming up. We got Biz Nasty. Yeah, we do. Former NHLer and now co-host of Spittin' Chicklets podcast. Also, Wayne Gretzky's sidekick right now on TNT. What a life. What a life. We'll get into Biz Nasty. And our good buddy, J.D. Bunkus. He's going to probably tell us three or four things that we will shoot down (laughs) very quickly sounds fun sounds fun sammy we need some uh rating and reviews on our podcast oh kipper yes we do well let them know well i mean sure rate
2: and review our podcast please we love it we love it when you do that so (laughs) there you go high fives all right high fives all around we're right
0: back on real kipper and born it's nasty 2.0. 2.0. Post of spitting chicklets. And also Wayne Gretzky's runner.
3: <laughs> coffee. How Wayne does he, Gretzky's bagel boy. How does he take his
0: coffee? How does
3: he like his bagel? <laughs> Biz. <laughs> he likes it with a little Bailey's in it.
0: <laughs> Shocked. <laughs> that's, that's on and off the golf course. <laughs> is that, is that in between periods?
3: No, no, will no, no. We, we wait till after to have a, uh, have a few pops. But I tell you what, man, he is, he's just a regular guy and he, I can't, his memory's incredible. He remembers all these stories from when he played. He's got the punchlines down pat. And, and it's like it, every time I'm around him, I just want to light the campfire.
0: Well, you guys look like you're having fun just like us up here.
3: Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm hey, happy to see you back, buddy. Obviously, fu- that's where you belong, man. Thanks. You guys are, you guys are crushing it, man. I love I I enjoy talking to you guys and and happy you guys are buzzing.
0: So when you're on TV or on your podcast, do you ever like lose track and start dropping F-bombs? He's asking for, for a, a reason. reason. Oh, oh,
3: oh, oh, have I sworn yet? No, yeah. no, but Kipper does. That's no, all. No, I, I I honestly oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, it's... I well, find that, myself saying
0: is, words going, "Oh, did I just say that?"
3: Well, th- that's why like, when I'm on TV I kind of talk at a bit of a different cadence cuz there's that, like that filter <laughs> that you have to use so you don't drop an F-bomb. But like when we're on the podcast, like we just we let it fly, right? F-bomb, F-bomb, this F-bomb, that. It's it, like, if anything people probably think it's my crush, crutch word.
1: <laughs> Not such a bad thing
0: hey biz. Uh, I no. want to get into a lot with you, including the Leafs, Morgan Riley's contract, uh, Bennington, and what went on uh last night against Colorado. but I want to start by you listening to Taylor Hall's clip last night yeah and it's and it's regarding of course um yeah. the the scenario off the ice. Have a listen, yeah, yeah. every culture needs to keep getting better and and hockey's no different um. You know, this is a game that's, that's um, you know, a little bit of a, I guess, you would, what you would call an old boys club. And, and there's definitely some secrecy and, and things that need to change, and, and hopefully they can. Um, you know, you, you never want to think of an incident like this, you know, positives coming from it because it's been so terrible. But there's, there needs to be changes, and, and unfortunately, people need to be held accountable. Okay, I'm, this is where the this is the part where I'm really happy that I've got younger guys around me, because I am 55 years of old, uh, 55 years of age. I don't know, uh, Biz, if if like I am now considered an old boys club. But let's start with our own definition of what old boys club is. Biz, you want to take a, a run at this first?
3: Like what? What is Taylor well, Hall talking I, I just, about? Like so, I didn't. I also didn't. Like I didn't kind of. I didn't come up in that that era of, of of like. Well, this like what? First of all, what happened is insane, and the fact that five professionals at that age, and I'm pretty sure all of which have children, the the response to hearing what what had happened was what it was, and it's led to this. This is probably one of the like the worst things to, to happen in hockey, and, and the fact that, the fact that that Kyle had to go public with the worst experience of his life, just in order for people to listen and for for the Blackhawks to even acknowledge it, is, I I, I can't even I can't even wrap my head around it, and I, again, it's just like you, you get you get put on your heels when you even think about the fact that that they 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 didn't they didn't do it not only do anything at the time but that. I don't I'm not going to say his name. He got to celebrate with the cup. He got a little severance package and he got to go on and continue to work in, in, in hockey. And then ultimately it led to even more problems w- 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 under the same umbrella. And for, for what, like that, that, that's the price of winning. It's it's like, it's such a, it's such a, taint, it's such a tainted thing. And, and, and the, and the fact that, the fact that he got, he got to celebrate with the cup, and, 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 and as Kyle said, one of the hardest things he said when he was talking was the fact that he felt like he didn't even exist because he had to watch that after he told them what had happened. And listen, like, I, I, I understand there's a lot of pressure to win at the NHL level, but at, 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 at that cost. That's gonna that's gonna haunt those guys who are in that room till till the end till the, till the, till the day they die. And every time they think of that 2010 Stanley Cup, they should probably think of of Kyle and and what he had to endure. And and what and what you you, you fire the video coach and your team can't focus enough to win a Stanley Cup. Like, I I just it, none of it none of it makes any sense. And incredible job by Rick Westhead and everybody else who had a hand in in, in helping them have a voice because. This is, I, I, if that's what the boys club is, I got, I want, I, I've never had any part of that. That's for sure.
0: Justin Bourne, what does old boys club mean to you?
1: It means a bunch of old white guys who don't hire minorities or other people and they just hired their friends. So it just stays within their little circle. And I would say that's long established in hockey. So and, does,
3: and and that's fair to say because there was nobody in that room who was willing to stand up and have a different opinion okay. than what 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 somebody else the, came business, to conclusion.
0: I'm I'm you know I'm I'm talking now like for sure you can look at uh, the Chicago scenario and say maybe old uh, boy, boys club tried to squash it and the secrecy part. I'm just saying right now does the NHL have an old boys club? issue here do you think that's going on right now throughout the league what you just described as old boys club jb is that I is think... that a big problem right now
1: well yeah I, I do i think you know you're talking about guys reporting directly into Bettman and him saying part of the solution is he wants people to report into him directly they want to contain everything and not let outside people have a say or a hand in, in making a lot of these bigger decisions wow you don't see that i mean like or, yeah or,
3: or... i mean if, if if that's how you want to describe it i mean you keep in mind, like everybody's had their different experiences, but if this is an example of this, and, and the fact that you know the league's taken some criticism right now because even when this got kicked up in the summertime, the, the people they they probably should have took a bigger step into looking into it, you know, the, instead of maybe just relying on on the, the Chicago Blackhawks' word for it. But I mean, I can't I can't argue with you guys, but I will say that I've been involved with people in hockey that are, are not that way, right, and and that. You know and but yeah like thank if, you if, if there's still things like this that are going on then then, then get them out well and, and if like, people get
0: if people are going to start labeling and i i look when we, when i hear old boys club i hear a label and I think it's okay if you probably you it one if, if but hey then then tell me yeah. just tell me where does it start tell me Give me some names, Justin. Who's,
3: who's in this old boy's well, that's club? What I was just going to say, too, is like, uh, let me hear kind of it. Don't just throw cause, it cause out I'll there. I'll tell you what. I tell you what, Rob Brindamore, if, the, if he gets presented with that in his coach's office, you don't think he's doing something? Guaranteed, he's standing up and saying, this is unacceptable. That guy's got to leave. We, he's we, he's out of here.
0: We, we got some really good 50, 60, 70 year old white guys who are really good people. I don't yeah. see labels. I see people. And I, I if you're going to throw out old boys club, then give me more. Give me what you think is really happening. And don't be scared to drop names if you want. Biz, what, what are your thoughts on the player's
1: angle in there? Because, like, you know how the stuff shares around, the, you know, the dressing room. What do you – when you hear that the guys – uh, you know, six guys didn't know, or this, these guys had never heard of it to the summer. Do you have any thoughts on uh, the likelihood of that, well, just knowing I, how things move?
3: Well, listen, uh, like, I don't, I don't, I haven't really, like, I, I don't know how much of this has come out. I don't know how much of the players have talked. There are some guys saying that they feel that some of the team was aware. So I don't know how that's going to roll out. And I'm sure that those guys are going to have to answer questions. I just don't. I don't really want to talk on here and speculate and and take away from, you know, from, from what happened and and the fact that, and if it was hidden and if if the players were aware, I mean, you you would have hoped that they would have stepped up. And if they did know, I I just, I I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't there. I don't know who was aware of the situation, but we do know who was and, and who could have stepped up and actually done something. So I I don't know I'm just as frustrated as you guys about this entire situation as I'm sure the, the whole entire hockey community who doesn't accept this kind of behavior and and for people that are frustrated from the outside looking in like and kind of the stance that you're taking born like I understand your frustration like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with you and and, and and say that your opinion's wrong because like if you see enough examples of it you're saying that. Yes, there's clear that there's there's clear that we need a cultural change, and I will say from my experience in hockey over over the from when I started in pro hockey till the end of it, yeah, there there was there was a ton of change and there was so many things that, that were said and done that, the beginning that just like would not fly towards the end, and 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 as as Halsey alluded to, like it's just like it's it's a continu- it's a continual thing. Like, this has to continue to get better. And I don't it, – it, it's, it's like, sickening that examples like this have to happen in order for there to create dialogue and change. Like, I, this shouldn't have to happen. Yeah.
0: And I, I, I just see some bad people making some bad decisions, and they should be held accountable, and we've seen that already. Is there more to come? Possibly. But let's not just throw one blanket over with this – with just – you know, old boys club and, and leave it at that. If we're going yeah, to, if we're going to, if we're going to dig, dig that
3: I just, I get up. I'm not going to, I don't think the oxygen, I can't use the oxygen in order to defend anything right now, rather than say, this was a problem. This needed to be addressed. It's not over. And, and, and the Blackhawks need to stop fighting this and, and dragging this out because this happened to Kyle and they need to make sure that he can, try to move on as bad whatever he did past that. See what I did to friend.
0: you? Did you see what I <laughs> yeah. did to you? I led you down that no, path. It's,
3: it's, it's frustrating because not yeah. only did they enable that guy, it ended up happening again. It's just like, so, so their decision in that room ended up affecting not just Kyle, it ended up affecting someone else. And as I go back to, for what? For, for a Stanley Cup.
0: All right. That's listen, We've beaten this thing. Uh, let's, yeah, uh, sorry. Okay. sorry okay. No, we'll no, problem. no problem. No uh, problem. It was me who, who who brought it up. And uh, it's me who's going to ask you if uh, in another life, would you like to learn how to skate backwards? Because defense are making all the money.
3: I was a defenseman. I, I think and in they the American league. In Pittsburgh.
0: Are you yes. nuts? I was a... Why would you let them do that to you?
3: Well, I, I, I mean, the writing was on the wall. I got, I got called up to the American Hockey League, and all of a sudden, for the first time in that career, I was playing fourth line left wing. And I, I mean, I kind of I, literally sitting in my stall, I was like, OK, well, I guess this is my new role. And 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 at that time, I just, you know, I, I don't I don't necessarily think I, I could have gotten to the NHL as a defenseman, or at least in that organization. So I made a split second decision and, and, you know, it ended up working out. I got to spend five years in the best league in the world and I enjoyed every minute of it. And I think that things happen for a reason. And I'm just, you know, I'm forever grateful.
1: And so what are your thoughts on uh, Morgan Riley's new deal here in Toronto? Uh, eight years, 7.5 million. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of years, but seems like a decent number to me.
3: I you know I love Morgs, and I I think what I respect about Dubis is is he's sticking to his guns like he believes in this core group you know he thinks at some point they are going to get over the hump and you know I I know the guys love him in that locker room I know he's loved in Toronto I think that based on what other defensemen are getting paid I think that I I I don't know if team friendly deal is is maybe the, the words to use but I think that it's I think everybody should be happy in this.
0: He he is doubling and tripling down on his roster here. And there's some, including me question, how good are they in the first eight games? Have you seen things that are really concerning, maybe outside of what you were concerned about, say out of
3: Colorado
0: or Vegas or Tampa Bay?
3: Um, maybe, maybe getting the same type of goaltending. Like I, I don't know how long it's going to be sustainable. I I play with Jack Campbell and I'm so happy from from so when I was playing with the Ontario Reign LA had made the trade for him when he came over from Dallas and you know he was um I think he was a shell of himself and he you know his confidence wasn't there and he was a first round pick and he putting all this pressure on himself and when he got there I felt like he was just able to be himself and he, he started the path to becoming who he is now and And you know, if anybody's got what it takes between the years, from coming from where he was until now, I believe him, and I hope he's able to get back to last year's numbers and and sustain that. Um, Outside of that, I just, I think they're just kind of they need to find that identity, and they need to start, they need really need to ignore the noise on the outside, and, and, and 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 adapt this us against the world mentality, and that is very difficult in Toronto given all the noise, but. You know and, and, and of course, the, the one of the bigger components is, is Marner getting back to his game and, and how much that outside noise is affecting you know some of the very important people that are making a lot of money on that roster.
1: Biz, I think you're the, the perfect guy to ask this question. I saw you tweet about Bennington last night. Wanted to get your take on uh, his attitude in general as a goalie. Like, I don't you know, not a particularly tough guy myself, but, God, I would love to fall on him in the crease or something. Just, you know, it drives me crazy <laughs> watching his clips. What are your thoughts on his behavior, kind of pump-faking it, guys? And, I don't know, he wants to fight someone, I guess. So,
3: so there's there's two sides of me on this. Like, I, I love the entertainment aspect, sure. right? I love hockey and, and the entertainment it provides, the, the the former player that would have been playing against Bennington uh-huh. would have wanted to to cave his face in. The the if this guy's my goalie, I love him and I'll do anything for him. Brad Marchand type of, of behavior, yeah. because I think that when when push comes to shove, he's going to be there for his guys and he'll do whatever it takes to win. And 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 mind you, there's a bit of bad blood there with Caudry and the hit that he put on Falk. And and I think that that St Louis obviously you know, they have, they have a very, very tight group and they're looking to, to win another Stanley cup. And I think that anytime things like that happen to the group, they take it extremely personal. So there's a, there's a lot of ways to look at it, but I think, I think that, that Bennington has got a lot of fans and I think he's got a lot of haters, but uh, we're, we're here talking about him and, and I think everybody had a good chuckle. He
0: he did swing a stick oh. at a guy, especially it was cadre, of course, but I don't know. What do you think the league would think about guys swinging? And biz, we know from experience that there's a stick being swung at you, and then there's a goalie stick being swung at you.
3: Yeah, there's two different. Yeah, one's one's like feels like at least 15 pounds in your hand. The big paddle. It's kind of like going back to uh, what's that old movie there? Um, uh, is it not Days and Confused? Is it? Yeah, it is when they got the paddle. Yeah, it? yeah it's just <laughs> used when, when when they got the paddle, waiting for the kid after the baseball game. But I mean, I think he knew exactly where his stick was, and and he made sure it was a certain distance from him. But yeah, there, there, I mean, yeah, there, there wasn't I mean, much probably, of a risk there. Not ideal, probably not ideal. And and people who uh, you know, people who don't like the violence in hockey, I'm sure, we're not very pleased with uh, with his reaction to Kadri there. You okay
0: with that? Uh, would you be calling? Uh jordan at all and with if you're the league a fine a warning I, can you have just a phone call uh, and be like just quit being an idiot okay that's good is that you're allowed I, to i'm do fine that? with that <laughs>
1: yeah uh, that's where i sit with that Biz, it's what's... like hey
3: you could be entertaining just just don't bring it that far <laughs> yeah
1: buddy like come on we're, we're getting off the close to the line here someone's gonna punch you in the face um, speaking of, uh, someone punching in the face now that's, uh, it feels like that's kind of the tone of the spit and chiclets and all you guys do there. Uh, not so much the tone, uh, now in your new career, as we, we mentioned alongside Gretzky there at TNT, how's it been putting on a suit and doing the whole formal pundit gig, given where you're, you're coming from?
3: You know, it's, it's a different change of pace. Uh, you know, you, you, you only get so, so much time to, articulate your thought and and communicate what you're thinking when when you when you're on live tv um you know it's it's definitely a change from the podcast but as i mentioned like the, the crew at the crew at tnt and like working with wayne talk anson carter liam it's just it's it's unbelievable they make it so easy and so comfortable and it's just a first class company to work for and you know i've had a blast ever since i started and you know you guys know, you know, you, you 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 learn as you go, and you you try to adapt and continue to improve your game. And it's kind of like you guys were both players at some degree, right? Like you you know what it's like. You you have your good games and you have your bad games, and you just ultimately try to show up and be prepared and and, and play well.
0: So, what is the uh, the biggest storyline for you in, in this early season? Is it uh, the teams in Alberta? Is it the fact that uh, Buffalo is five one and one? What sticks out for you?
3: I, I just I think that the league in general is you know aside from this horrible situation in Chicago, there, there's a, there's tons of good storylines. I think the game is in such a good place. The the, the competitive nature of every team. I mean you, I mean you, there's been some some discussion lately about the salary cap and maybe making it a soft cap. But if there's one thing that the cap does provide, it's that parity. And going in, it's everybody's guess. I mean, your, your guess is as good as mine, as far as who's going to even make playoffs. Like, you know, I didn't think that Calgary maybe looked, you know, I didn't think that they necessarily improved in the off season and, you know, look at, look at how they've started their year. Uh, Pittsburgh being shorthanded the way that they were coming in and and mustering out some wins. Buffalo is obvious, you know, who you know who's looked extremely competitive and, and I wasn't expecting this big of a turnaround, at least yet was Detroit. And you can see the impact that these young players can make on a lineup with with Marit Sider and, and Lucas Raymond, and I know it's just two guys, but I think they're one and two in rookie scoring right now, and and they've obviously added some 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 young jam to that lineup, and they look to be playing for each other, you know, like when 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 normally sometimes when when teams you know they'll run you out of the building, there's not much of a reaction. I felt like every time they've been challenged, you know, they've been willing to stand up and 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 you know uh, you know challenge them right back. So we could go on and on, and I just. Obviously, Toronto is a big storyline too. It's kind of like the Chelsea or like a top tier Premier League, who's paying all these players a bunch of money and they're underperforming. So there, you could go every which way with with all these amazing storylines. I guess the big takeaway is just like I really, I'm really happy with where the game's at.
0: All right, I'm just making this note for Monday's show. Biz said Detroit beats the Leafs Saturday night.
3: <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I. <laughs> I they're still trying to figure it out. I, I was pumping that Bunting's tires because I'm shocked that, that uh, Arizona didn't re-sign him or give him a one way. He came up last year at the end of the year. I think he played 20 games, had 10 goals. He's just a pest to play against. So the good news for Toronto is things haven't gone maybe as, as planned early in the start of the season. You know, they've tried to find some cheaper placements in order to get, you know, find that Hyman and find those worker bees and, 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 and really get that chemistry for that team going, and I don't know, we'll, we'll see how it all works out.
0: All right. Send the great one our love, and um, pick up a couple of bottles of Baileys, I guess, on your way home.
3: <laughs> yeah. Boys, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it, and, and, and congratulations on everything, and uh, keep kicking ass, and, and we'll talk to you guys down the road. You too, Biz.
0: Thanks for joining us, man. Paul Bisonette. Yeah,
3: thank, thank TNT, you guys.
0: spitting chiclets. He's always fun. He is. And he dropped an F-bomb on our show. <gasps> Fetch my fainting couch. I haven't even, I haven't done that,
1: have I? <laughs> oh, we, we actually got that clipped out, apparently, thanks to Derek Brandao. Yeah, a few here and there. A little, little flavor, a little salt and pepper, that's all uh, it is. Honestly, in the context
2: that he dropped it, it was a good one.
1: It was like, if you're going to, that's yeah. the most I feel relevant like that's the one. the number could, one yeah. place
2: you can drop right now. Boys, go easy on my boy Bennington, Okay
1: you okay, your boy. So, so yeah. you, 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 your boy. You like yeah. that
2: fire? Well, no. I he was the goaltender when my hometown OHL team, the Owenson Attack, won the their only OHL championship. He was the goalie that backstopped us to winning uh-huh. that. So, and yes, Kipper, I say us for them. Okay, as a twenty-year season ticket holder, you get to say us. I say us for them. That's okay. That I can accept. But so, yeah, he he holds a special place in my heart. Us. So he, he defends. We- yeah, I I will defend him till the day I croak.
1: Forgiven for all sins. Yes.